I am delighted to have my mentor, coach, and trusted friend join the podcast today, Coach Andy Kettler. Coach Kettler enters his seventh season as West Virginia University strength conditioning coach for basketball. A native of Cincinnati, Coach Kettler spent two years as the head strength and conditioning coach at Winthrop. While there, he was in charge of all aspects of the Eagles strength conditioning program. Prior to his time at Winthrop, Coach Kettler was the head strength conditioning coach of the Kansas City Royals for two seasons. And with the Royals, he was in charge of the entire strength conditioning staff, including the supervision of two assistants and six interns. Kettler designed and implemented programs for strength conditioning, flexibility, and nutrition. Here's my conversation with Coach Andy Keller. Coach, we're going to get right into it. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little more about yourself. How did you start coaching? Where are you from? Okay. Well, I'm uh, originally from Cincinnati. Um, I knew you know, I was an athlete, uh, you know, like anybody else, all through grade school, all through high school. I, I went to, in my mind, which is a pretty prestigious and um, very good high school, both academically and athletically, St. Xavier High School in Cincinnati. Um, and that's probably the first time I really met a quote-unquote strength coach was Carlo Alvarez, who, you know, used to work at Notre Dame, was a head guy for the Reds, um, came back actually to Cincinnati, uh, was a head strength coach at St. Xavier High School again for a number of years, and currently he is the uh, minor league strength conditioning coordinator for the Pirates, coordinator for the Pirates. So, he was the first guy I met in 97 as a senior that put the idea of a strength coach in my head. Um, after that, I went to the University of Cincinnati um, as a student athlete and, and met Tim Schlanger, Scott Greenewald. Um, before that, I was also very lucky to have Mickey um, Marotti, who is the head football strength coach for Ohio State right now. Uh, he was there about six weeks, so I also had him. So had a great group of strength coaches to observe, train me, um, you know, kind of take it all in as a student athlete, knowing that's what I wanted to do um, as I got older. Um, really pushed myself to do any internship, any camp, any clinic, um, you know, college. If I read an article that, that a respected strength coach wrote, I did my best to email and call them and track them down. Um, just all the, the things that that I think you have to do if you're interested to be good, you know, at that profession, hopefully in the future. Um, I try to do everything I could. My first real big break was actually Marcus Sonovich was the head strength coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, when Tony Dungy was there. And I got accepted from a huge school of applicants. They only took two interns. Um, however, they, misread my resume and I was supposed to be there in February, but I didn't graduate till May from college. So that hurt a little bit, but Coach Sonovich gave me some great advice back then, which I still carry with me now. And um, that kind of gave me an idea of like, okay, Andy, you're, you're doing the things right. Just keep pushing and you'll get to where you want to be. So as soon as I graduated college, I did an internship with Steve Murray at the University of Toledo, who taught me so many things strength conditioning wise, but I think mostly Steve is a great family man. Um, taught me a lot of things as far as balancing life and family with strength conditioning, which takes up quite a bit of, of a good strength coach's time, which as I have two kids now, I learned to put that in practice more and more every day. And um, after that, I went to the Indians, Cleveland Indians as an intern. 
following that, I went to um, um, San Diego Padres, where I was in charge of the entire minor league system. Uh, those two years were good and bad because baseball takes everything out of you. Um, I met a lot of good people. Um, Joe Hughes was my boss in both places. And I would say to this point in my life, Scott Greenwald, who is at South Carolina now, who also was with Coach Huggins for a number of years, and Joe Hughes, who uh, is also with the Pirates right now. But those two guys have been probably the absolute biggest influence on me um, in the field strength conditioning. Um, so that was the best part of me being there. Uh, when I finished with the Padres, um, for one year there, I took the head job with the Kansas City Royals in charge of the entire um, organization, strength conditioning wise. And I was a very young coach then. I learned a lot uh, there. Again, met a lot of great people. But also being married, I knew that, uh, you know, eventually having a family, that wasn't going to be for me. It's just uh, 162 days, 162 games, 180 days, six and a half weeks spring training. Um, just wasn't going to work from a family standpoint. So got out of baseball, um, went to Winthrop University, where I had two great, great years with two great coaches, um, Randy Peel and uh, Greg Marshall, both the coaches there. Um, had a great two years there, two NCAA tournaments, a lot of great players, a lot of great memories, great university, great athletic department. And then, uh, well, um, as you know, I, I finally came here to West Virginia um, with uh, Coach Huggs and, and everybody here. and been seven great years here. It's been some up and downs. Um, obviously, the highs being 2010 with uh, you know Wells with you and the guys there, and uh, Joe Mazzulas and Dave Shams and yourself and uh, John Flowers, uh, Casey Mitchell. Uh, so many great guys there that we had on that team, and you know we had a low spot here the last few years, but we kind of bounced back this year. So that's kind of in a brief way been kind of where where I started, where I've come from, and. I may have missed a few names and a, you know a few things there, but that's probably a pretty good idea of where where I started. So, so certainly a great summary, and, and appreciate uh, appreciate you you doing that and saying all those great things. Um, why strength and conditioning? You know, why was that the field that you wanted to get into? Um, I, ironically, Wellington, when I was in high school, I played all three sports, and I was a kid who thought if I lifted weights, I might not be able to shoot throw as hard and stuff like that. Well, my senior year, I finally caught on to it, and I saw changes. I saw how it affected me emotionally, physically, mentally, and how I benefited from it. And one of the names I missed, the first guy that ever trained me, Randy Burning, told me one day, he said, Andy, this is more about just reps and sets and being a strength coach. It's about changing kids' lives. You know, as a 17, 18-year-old, like, yeah, whatever, what's the strength? As I got into it more, and you know this well as being a student athlete, you know, you get kids from all sorts of different avenues of life, uh, different races, different ethnicities, single parent homes. Um, you know, they come from a whole lot financially, they come from nothing. You know, you have a six eight kid with a seven foot wingspan or a five eight point guard. The, the type of kids you get is so different here, and their stories are so different. Um, getting into this years ago and seeing where I'm at now, the whole point of it was to help change lives. You know, the more I do this, the more the job is, is not so much about reps and sets and how I can you jump on a box and all those things. It's about teaching these kids to work, be accountable, 
um, getting to know them in the weight room, outside the weight room, on the floor, you know, off the floor, and learning what makes them tick so that when they leave, in this case, West Virginia University, yeah, they know how to train. Yeah, they know how to take care of themselves. But hopefully you turn them into better people and, and better men who, if they can't keep playing ball, they know how to handle themselves. If, if they, you know, when they become a husband, you know, a father, they know how to handle themselves. Hopefully just things we taught them here. So those are the things that were told to me years ago that as the years go by, you understand why you do this. You, you want to help mold and, and change these young kids' lives. So hopefully they can have a, a better future in whatever walk of life they're in when they leave the university. Well, you certainly changed my life when I was there. Um, you know, the, sh- the short time that we got a chance to work together, uh, you definitely changed and molded my life to uh, make me a better person, better man, uh, and also a better husband as well through you know, talks that we've had. Um, yeah. What was the, what's the, who was the best, uh, I guess, who was the idol that you, you know, looked up to in either sports or in strength conditioning uh, training? Who was, the, who was the coach that you looked up to? Mm-hmm. I guess what I would say an idol, uh, athletically, you know, I was, <laughs> I, I grew up during the Bo Nose era. I mean, I was a big Bo Jackson fan just for his, God, he was just, just one of them, I mean, just amazing athlete. Um, I always, always admired Michael Jordan just for his tenacious and tremendous work ethic, which he just heard all over the place, how serious he took competing and, and practicing and getting better. Um, strength conditioning-wise, like I said, I as you get into the field, you know, I don't know if you have an idol or somebody, but, you know, you kind of start researching, looking, and this and that. And, you know, there's a lot of guys, but, you know, like I said, the, the few names that, that always come up, you know, or, or like I mentioned, Randy Burning helped me when I first got started as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old. I knew I wanted to do this. I didn't know how to start. Um, Joe Hughes has been a, a mentor, father figure, um, coaching figure, you know, that I met my first year out of college. He's helped. Um, you know, Scott Greenwald, who I mentioned, who was with Coach Huggins at Cincinnati all those years, Kansas State, now South Carolina. Um, he's been amazing. Actually amazing. Um, you know, I was like we talked about, there's been a whole lot of other people aside from strength conditioning, just like anybody else, who have influenced me in a lot of ways to help communicate and, and get through to these kids better, whether it be in and outside the weight room. But those are the names I would say that, that kind of come right off the top of my head. If I had to say people that directly influenced me, or I, I guess I looked up to a still do or call for advice if I need it uh, today. Um, now you mentioned Bo Jackson. Uh, I have a question. Bo Jackson, LeBron James, best athlete. <laughs> oh boy, we talked about that. Uh, was it last year or two years ago? We had a discussion after practice. Um, of course, in my era, it was Michael Jordan, Bo. So I went with Bo. But it's tough. LeBron is such a big physical player in person. He can do so many things that. You know, a seven-footer can do a six-foot point guard. He's so, he's such a great player. Um, then you look at a guy like Bo Jackson. You think if he would have played basketball, he'd probably been amazing. I mean, I don't know. It's a tough guy. We've had that argument a lot. Um, kind of like the argument, who's better, Michael Jordan or, or, or LeBron? And I, 
you know, when I grew up, it was all about Michael Jordan, so I always go with Michael Jordan. But I think Bo Jackson is probably the best athlete of our time as far as an athlete that played one of the big three, you know, football, basketball, baseball, um, in the last, whatever, 25, 30 years, whatever. I just think he was, in my mind, probably the best athlete that, that we were, you know, we were able to watch and lucky to watch, you know, so. What's the biggest difference between coaching pros and then coaching kids? Well, I mean, I don't, that's, tough question i mean kids and, and high school kids or college kids i think it's all different um you know i'll give you a good example and i know i've talked to you about this well and, and some other of the players that come back you know when i was in pro baseball it was they made a great point and all the organizations when you draft kids usually 17 or 18 and we called it we called it player development because as a young man at 17 or 18 you, the way that your body changes physically the way you change emotionally and mentally uh, you grow up, just all the things that come into play between 17, 18, and 22 or 23. You know, we called that player development. And I kind of like in college the player development. Uh, the weight room, you know, is a great example. I'm going to be in your face. We're going to push you. We have to change your body. We have to teach you how to work. You know, we have to teach you mentally to get through tough times in here. You know, we have to teach you that, man, I'm having a bad day. It doesn't matter. We still got to work and get better every day. So, I would say the biggest difference, and I'll liken it to, you know, high school and or college, especially college based on what I'm doing, is kind of like player development. And when those guys get to be pros, you know, and they're 23, 25, whatever, you know, you don't necessarily need to train the same way. The seasons are longer. You know, you're going through a lot of different, a lot of different demands. So, you know, your body's going to kind of settle typically at a weight where it feels comfortable. You gotta keep your flexibility together. You gotta stay strong. You gotta learn to manage your, you know, nutritional habits through traveling, through, you know, uh, you know, you know, you might have a West Coast game in Golden State, and then head all the way back to Cleveland for the, you know, you gotta learn how to manage yourself as a pro. So, I would like in college the player development where we're trying to build all those habits and change their body and all that now, so that they get to pro sports, they know how to handle themselves and take care of themselves. Makes a lot of sense, you know. And, and going, you know, to the college ranking, the top college area, uh, your job has probably changed over the course of the over the years a lot. How has yeah. how has how have you adapted to that? Probably the best question. Well, well, as you know, like when you were here, I mean, you could take a real direct approach. Uh, you can't do that with all the kids anymore. Um, I, I honestly do think AAU ball has, has ruined basketball in a lot of senses. Um, Coach Hugs makes a great point. You know, well, if you and I go play on the playground and you lose a game, you sit. Well, now in AAU ball, you might have five games and day you lose a game. It's like, oh, don't worry, we'll play another. And I also feel like AAU ball, high school coaches, parents, um, people outside of those groups pump these kids up at such a young age and almost give them a wrong sense of how good they are or how good they could become. And then you ask them to come into a setting like a weight room here at West Virginia where you're going to be pushed. You're going to be asked to do things you don't want to do. A set of 10 could turn into a set of 15. A set of 15 could turn into a set of 20 just to try and teach you how to work. And it becomes very hard because if you attack some kid, you know, straight ahead down the middle there, they can't handle it. So, Sometimes you have to take different tactics to kind of get through to kids. I feel like that's happening a little bit more. You can get the amount of work done you want, 
but you just have to be smart how you get through to some kids. Um, so I'd say that's how it's changed a little bit. Um, like I said, the amount of work doesn't change a whole, whole lot, but how you get it done, I think, is changing just a little bit as opposed to even five or six years ago. Now, the way that you get through to a kid on the court may be a little bit different the way you get through a kid in the weight room. Um, so you don't coach everybody the same, do you? No, you can't. I mean, I, I told one of our players that the other day. We had a young man who showed up late, late for weights, and as you know, Wells, with me, that's it's just not an option. It's part of teaching accountability and teaching kids how to do things. And I'm going to reprimand or talk or handle this different than I would another kid. Like you said, just because, you know, if, if, if you go right at a kid all the time, he can't handle it, he's going to turn him up. You know, if, if, if there's a kid that can handle it, you can get in his face and really get after him. That may be all he needs. Some kids may not respond to me that great, and I may call a couple of players aside and say, hey, player such and such isn't getting it. You guys need to take care of it. And maybe they're the ones to get through to them. So it just depends. You know what I mean? It's just, just depends on the individual. You, you coach them all the same, but you don't. Now, now going back to AAU and what you were saying, um, there, there are a lot of people that feel the exact same way that you do, and also that Coach Huggs does as well. Mm -hmm. It seems like there has to, it has to be around. How can it be? How can it get better than what it is today? Well, I mean, that's not. I mean, I, I I'm not saying the intention is bad. I think it's good kids are playing, but you know, there's a great article by Kobe Bryant. I think. Well, as you may see it, maybe two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I did, yeah. In regards to the fundamental of European players. I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't have the answer. What if, what if the AU season was cut in half? I don't know. And the first half was just skill development and teaching kids how to play. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea. It's just something off the top of my head. I mean, you know, what if, I don't know, what, what if, I guess there's not a repercussion if you lose. You just go into a loser's bracket. But I just think kids need to value competition more and compete harder. And, and, and you know, and, and I don't know. I, I don't know. You know I, that's a great question. I, I agree with you. It's got to be there because selfishly, that's how the kids showcase their ability, if you will, to get a scholarship. But when you showcase your ability, sometimes you turn off the other four guys on the floor and, you know, that's how the game has become somewhat selfish and and, and changed a lot, I think. is Even when I played AU ball back in, what was it, 96, 97, seems like forever ago, but I felt like it was more of a team game back then, at least from where I stood, you know. And I think, I think you're, you're right. And uh, even when, back when I was playing, um, you know, it was more of a team game. You know, you always, obviously have your individuals, but uh, it's kind of like the guys that you grew up with you're going to go play basketball with. Uh, and I think that yeah. you know, right now we're probably getting away from that because kids are jumping from one team to another. And you see that even more uh, now with college basketball. I think you see it. And I think you see it too well. I mean, how many kids went to one high school anymore? I mean, how many kids go to one junior college? A lot of them go to one, you know, or how many kids go to two or three high schools, go to a prep school? You know, or, or you know, I mean, here, well, you know, my son's really good. He's not playing on this AU team. Well, here, I'll put him on another one. Well, geez, he's better than that. This coach isn't playing him. I'll put him on another one. Well, that's fine, but, <laughs> you know, I think 
I think those things are happening a lot instead of, hey, son, you're not, you're not good enough to play right now. You better start working. You know what I mean? Instead of running, like, let's hunker down. Let's work. Let's, let's, whatever we got to do to get better, let's do it. But let's prove somebody wrong instead of jumping ship here and there all the time. So, you know. So, in, in saying that, I mean, a lot of these kids in the spring, in the springtime, uh, if they're not concentrated solely on basketball, are playing other sports. Uh, there is a, there have been a few articles out there that say that dual sport athletes yeah. are better athletes. Do you think someone should just focus? Uh, the greatest mistake I ever made was not playing all three sports for four years. Coaches led me believe I shouldn't. My dad was upset I didn't keep playing all three. Um, if I, I have two children. If they can play all three or four sports, do it. I tell people all the time when, when they ask me this question, your kids need to learn to win and lose on a team. They need to win. To, they need to learn to win and lose by themselves. So basketball, football, learn to play with a team, learn to lose and win as a team. Learn what it takes when you lose to rally around the rest of your team and win. Golf, tennis, swimming, you know, wrestling. Learn to lose by yourself. You're out there on that map by yourself. It's just you and the other kid. You know, swimming, golf, whatever. I mean, I'm giving a few examples. I think those things are very important. If I had an athlete that could play all three sports, in my opinion, I would love that. Love it. Keep playing, man. If you're good enough to play basketball, they'll find you. I mean, if you're playing basketball, football, and baseball, and you're senior, you throw 95 miles an hour, somebody's probably going to figure that out. So in my mind, play them all, man. Play them all. And, and you know, while I think there are a few exceptions, I mean, if you're a six foot eight junior or something and you're a really good basketball player, okay. You know, if you're a junior school and you're throwing 95 with a great breaking ball and you have scouts all over you, Okay, maybe I can see that. You know, if you're a running back that's a junior and you just finished your junior year and, you know, you set school record for rushing or you're a big, okay, maybe you play your senior year just football. But other than that, man, I think you need to play them all and just enjoy it. And, and, and you know, because you know, Wells, when you get to college, it, 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 it's business, man. So enjoy that if you can do it. I, I would encourage kids to play them all if they can. What do, you, what do you say about parents that want to coach uh, their sons and daughters? Well, my dad was great. I remember this, this I guess it was embarrassing to child, but I guess I'm old enough now. I remember um, uh, when I was young, uh, I don't know how old, when I was eight, nine, ten, and uh, I was I was decent. I was pretty good, I guess. You know, I guess everybody says that, so take that for what you want. And I don't think I ever struck out, like the whole year. So I strike out one time come out, throw my helmet, throw my bat. I start crying on the bench, being a little baby. And I remember my dad looked at my mother in the stands, called her over, said he's done, take him home. Well, I hated my dad. Never did that, never did that again. You know what I mean? Never did that again. And I also remember my dad telling me, I mean, you gotta understand, I'm not, you know, families are different. Sports was everything in my family. I mean, everything. That's all we did. That's all we knew. But I also remember Dad telling me, I will push you and push you and push you. Do you say stop? You want me to hit your ground balls for an hour and a half every day? Let's do it. But you got to want to do it. 
you know, you want to go outside and shoot for two hours or snow on the ground, shovel it. I ain't doing it for you. You know, you you want to be a great receiver, I'll throw that ball to you. You want to learn how to throw a football, we'll go out there and throw it for an hour. But when you tell me you're done, we're done. You know, he was real good with that. And, you know, to take that a step farther, well, I remember my mother hitting me ground balls in the backyard for 45 minutes or an hour whenever dad was at work. And that's just how it was for us. Now, you know, my son, I, honestly, well, if he's the best football player in America or the worst or whatever in between, I just hope he's a leader. I hope he holds himself accountable. I hope he's a gentleman. I hope he understands how important it is to treat a woman, take care of his sister, take care of his mother. Those things are more important to me, but I think those values can be stressed through hard work, through sports. But those things are more important to me than, than you know, if he's on TV announcing where he goes to school. Because I think if we raise the kid right in the house, his work ethic and his attitude should be such that he'll become the man that hopefully we would want him to be. But I think the biggest thing was is I want my son and daughter to be a leader. I want them to stand up for, you know, a, a right or wrong. You know, if somebody's treating somebody the wrong way, you know, they're going to be the one to say that's not right. Or, you know, you're on the court, the kid's acting like a fool, and they pull them aside like, hey, man, we're doing this thing together. I don't think there's a lot of leaders anymore. That would be my greatest wish for my kids is that they're good people, but they're leaders. No, that I tell people that all the time. I don't. I think you would agree with well in a lot of walks of life. There's not a lot of good leaders anymore. So. No, and it's definitely tough to find them. Um, and you mentioned that sports can be that outlet that can create a leader. Um, can, can weightlifting do the same thing? I think so. I told I told uh, Brian Whiting, who I work with the other day, I said, you know what's funny? The people that I'm closest with and the people I trust the most are the people I used to lift with or train me because they see you at your absolute worst where you're passed out on the floor, you can't walk, or you, and then they see you at your absolute best when you accomplish goals. So I definitely think that, that, that a lot of those things can be taught and stressed and, and focused on in a weight room, yes. I totally agree. <laughs> you have seen me at my worst and also at my best. <laughs> so, it's very uh, true. That's, that's why we were so close. Yeah, no, I agree. I, this weight room, if you do it right, brings a lot out of you. Yeah. Now, what is the best part of coaching? Um, well, as I get a little older here, the best part of coaching is, you know, well, is, is you know, when you got married, you know, when, you, when these guys are getting older and getting married, when they're having children, when, you know, they get a good job promotion, you know, they're working hard, you know, or, or you have a kid that's on the fence and he's, you know, he struggles with life choices through college and you think you get through to him and he really succeeds. I think that's what excites me the most. I can get a kid in here to bench a lot of weight or do a bunch of chin-ups, but when kids kind of see that light and they change and really become who, who you know they could be, and even if you're just a small part of it, that's the best part. That's, that's the uh, funnest, most exciting part is when, when they get to that point. That that's what is is really enjoyable for me to see. Yeah, no, I totally agree. As I get into coaching, as uh, as my AAU team and my me volunteering coaching at uh, my high school in here in Summit, New Jersey, mm -hmm. I totally agree. When when they reach out to you and, and want to ask you advice or just are moving on in their lives, you definitely yeah. get part of that moment. Yeah, I think 
that's a that's a real rewarding and fun part. Now, last question or second to last question before I let you go. What is the appropriate time to start lifting and start training? That's a great question. People go back and forth on all the time. And one of my neighbors, her, their two daughters are like outstanding gymnasts. And think about it. They're doing dips and chins and all this body weight stuff. They just six, seven, and eight, even younger. And they're like, is that good for them? Well, it's part of their sport. Um, you know, well, typically if, if, if you came to me and said, I got these two basketball players or football players, I would say, you know what, man? Typically, that summer between eighth and ninth grade, I would start training them in a weight room setting. Um, it wouldn't be, you know, what you're used to, but it would be a start teaching them how to do things right, taking it really slow. Um, Joe Ken is a great strength coach with the Carolina Panthers. Years ago, he used the term slow cooking. You know, you just really take your time, really take your time and, and teach kids how to do things right. That would be a great time where you just really take your time and really hit up the things that are important to training and how to do things right. As a general, you know, statement, I would say probably right after that eighth grade year, you can start doing resistance training in the weight room. Yeah, I mean, again, and that's the opinion varies, but that's kind of where I stand throughout the years. So, but, you know, at the same time, well, it's like we talked about, if these kids are active and playing a lot of different sports, they're working on so many skills, hand-eye coordination in baseball, different lateral movements, jumping, running, starting, stopping, and you can always work on those things. But as far as the weights in my hand and we're starting to push, I would say probably after that eighth grade year going into ninth grade. Now, a lot of high school athletes, uh, they always want to focus on their upper body, their chest, their shoulders. Mm -hmm. They want to look good at the beach. Sure. But what's probably the most? Sure. Yeah. What's, what's probably the most? What's probably the most important part of the body that you probably should focus on as a high school athlete? Well, this probably won't surprise you, because you know how we train here. Contact sports, your neck and your traps are the most important. Uh, we we trained those wells from the first day I met you, before all this concussion stuff came out. So I would say that's absolutely number one in sports such as football, lacrosse. You know, I still think basketball is up there. Uh, you know, your contact sports, hockey and such. And then, you know, next for me is, is probably from your hips to your knees. I mean, gee, wells to sit in a stance for 35 seconds on the shot clock. To battle a guy bigger, you've been bigger than you down low. Um, to, to, you know, as a six foot, 200 pound guard, you get caught on a switch and I got to hold off this six, seven, 240 pound guy and you got to sit on his leg. So I think that's very neglected in the sport of basketball. I think people think, man, if my legs get bigger and stronger or, or just stronger, I won't be able to run and jump, which is an absolute fallacy. Um, you know, I think that is, is very important. I think basketball players, as they begin to train, they're scared to, to, to train that part of their body. Yeah. Well, this was very helpful, uh, and I really appreciate the time, Coach. This was, uh, this was amazing. Um, before I let you go, where can people find you if they have any questions about anything that you've said or any statements or just want to you know, say, uh, say thank you? Where can they go to find you? Well, I mean, well, you know, you you can you have my email address here through school. That'd probably be the best way. You can post that or use that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I try to get back to people as best I can, which is 
sometimes difficult, sometimes not. Um, but yeah, that'd probably be the best way. Um, I try to be as open as I can for people that really have good questions or, or you know, have questions about anything, whether strength conditioning wise or how it pertains to basketball or sports. But that'd probably be the best way um, to get a hold of me. I really, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Oh, no problem, Wells. Uh, you know, Wells, it's important to us being here at West Virginia. You know, everybody here is family. So anything you would ever need, anywhere I can help you or, or anybody that may have questions, just let me know. Great, will do. All right. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening to the Game Changer Basketball Podcast. If you're a basketball coach and want to use the Game Changer Basketball app for instant stats, shot charts, and recap stories, Please feel free to download the app on your iOS device and create your team, or you can create your team online gc.com slash create. Follow us on Twitter at GC Sports Hoops, and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gamechangerbasketball. If you like the show, please be sure to give us a positive review that makes the episode easy to find for coaches like yourself. Like always, keep teaching, celebrating, and learning from your players and coaches around you.